So about seven years ago, Dave called me out to the backyard to talk about where our oak tree would go. I have to admit that when I saw that he had these two little acorns in his hand, I gave a quick nonchalant, that spot looks good, before going back inside. (laughs) Now, it wasn't that I didn't care, but the thought that we would really get an oak tree out of two acorns seemed unlikely to me. After all, that takes a lot of care and tending and waiting. And while I do all right when it comes to people and animals, my diligence starts to slip when it reaches the plant level. So to think that we would spend several years waiting and protecting and nurturing this little seedling, if anything really came up at all, it seemed a little delusional to me. All that work and preparation so that sometime down the road, maybe 15 years or so, we might have shade over that part of the house. But then that's just me. Dave, on the other hand, is more patient than I am, and he always takes the long view. He watered the ground where the acorns were buried religiously. When the first sign of a little twig poked through the ground, Dave roped it off so we wouldn't mow over it. As it grew, a carefully placed stake protected it in high wind and in rain. The little oak took four years to reach about a foot in height, I think. Now it's almost as tall as I am. Now I have no idea how long it will be before we get any real shade. But that doesn't really seem to be the point anymore. I find joy now in just watching the tree grow and worrying about it in storms. When I have one of those days spent checking thing after thing off a to-do list, the growing number of crossed-off items, an indication of my worth, I think, or an indication of the passage of time, this little oak plays the role of prophet to me calling me to take the longer view, calling me to carve out space for the things that are important, though they may not be urgent, reminding me that grace lies in anticipation as well as in a finished product. This art of preparation, the kind that takes sustained commitment and diligent tending over long periods of time while we wait for something to come to fruition, This art of preparation is becoming lost in our world. But that's the kind of preparation Advent calls us to. We see this theme of preparation in today's readings. Baruch was the secretary of the great prophet Jeremiah. This book that bears his name is reportedly a letter written by Baruch while he was exiled in Babylon to the people and the priests in Jerusalem. We see in today's reading that Baruch sends words of consolation and hope. Look to the east, because God will bring the scattered children of Jerusalem home with great rejoicing. Of course, the way has to be prepared for this to happen. The mountains made low and the valleys lifted up to form level ground so that Israel can walk safely. If we look closely at the text, it seems as if God will make the path level just by God's command just as God commands the trees to give Israel shade along the way. But then we hear today's gospel reading. And the people's preparation for their own salvation doesn't seem as simple as just looking out toward the east. 
Here John comes proclaiming a baptism of repentance and forgiveness, and he quotes Isaiah with words similar to those in the passage from Baruch. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be lifted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. Now, it's hard to tell here, given the passive construction of these phrases, whether this straight and smooth highway is a result of Israel's preparation or a result of God's preparation. In Baruch, it's God who orders the ground to become level for the people of Israel to return to Jerusalem. But when we come to John the Baptist in Luke, what we see is an itinerant, poor prophet who is given the task of preparing the way for God to come to the people of Israel. For God to come to all flesh, for that matter. And so which is it when we look at these two readings? Is it God or Israel that paves the way for salvation? Is God preparing the way for Israel? Or is it that John the Baptist and Israel are preparing the way for God? Maybe it's meant to be somewhat ambiguous. Maybe it's not an either-or, but a both-and. And I think this is the paradox of Advent. The giving of God's self to God's people is always an absolute gift. It's never something we can earn or make happen. God comes in God's own time and in God's own way. And yet, we're supposed to prepare for God's arrival, to be ready, and maybe even to help pave the way. So how do we do that? Well, there are typical practices we're told to undertake in Advent. There's repentance. We pause to do the work of self-reflection, to see truthfully the things we need to change and all the many ways we need God to be born in us. And then there's prayer, coming to know the one for whom we wait, creating a space for God. Now, both of these things are an important part of Advent. But if we look at the Gospel of Luke... There's something else that happens when the characters in Luke's gospel learn that the kingdom of heaven is near, that the promises of God are being fulfilled in their midst. They prophesy. Don't get anxious. I know we're an Episcopal church, and don't start heading to the doors. Um, But I am going to kind of give you a tour of prophecy in the first three chapters of Luke. An angel appears to the aging Zechariah and announces that Zechariah's also aging wife Elizabeth will give birth to a son. This son will be a prophet to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, if you remember, because Zechariah didn't believe the angel, he became mute and was unable to speak until John the Baptist was born. The first thing that he says, though, when he's filled with the Holy Spirit is the prophecy that we read this morning. What we know is the song of Zechariah with this beautiful line, By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. As the coming of the Christ child draws near, Zechariah becomes a prophet he begins to proclaim what God is doing in the midst of God's people. When the pregnant Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth is also filled with the Holy Spirit and proclaims, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
Then Mary responds with the song that we know as the Magnificat, declaring the greatness of God and saying, He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Mary, too, and Elizabeth become prophets. When Simeon meets the infant Jesus in the temple, he makes his own pronouncement. He has his own song to sing. Master, you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. And then in today's reading, John the Baptist later then proclaims the words from Isaiah that we have in our gospel reading. Prepare the way of the Lord, and all flesh will see the salvation of God. If we look at how ordinary people in the Gospel of Luke respond to the coming of Christ and to this new thing that God is doing in their midst, they respond by becoming prophets, by proclaiming freedom to those who are enslaved, healing to those who are sick, plenty to those who live without, peace to those who know no peace. This seems to be how one prepares the way of the Lord. And so this kind of begs the question, what will our preparation look like this Advent? How will we wait for the coming of Christ? If we are true to the biblical tradition, our waiting will include some prophecy. Maybe that will include words, and maybe we will be prophets by our actions Proclaiming the coming of Christ into the world every time someone hungry is made full, every time dignity is shown to someone regardless of their skin color or nationality or religion, every time forgiveness replaces revenge, hope overcomes despair, love edges out fear. This is how we proclaim that God is making all things new. This is how we prepare the way of the Lord. That long preparation that lasts not just the season of Advent, but our entire life. And here's the thing. Here is the grace. In this act of preparation, we find the very thing for which we wait. The very thing for which we prepare. Because it is in these times and in these places that we will see the face of Christ. In the face of the one we forgive. In the face of the one we love and the one who loves us. In the face of the one with whom we share a meal, the one that we shelter, and the one from whom we accept all these things in return as well, we will see the face of Christ again and again and again. So in this season of Advent, I want to encourage you to become a prophet in your own way. Make straight the path for the Lord. And be assured that in this preparation, you will find that for which you wait all along the way.